Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. And welcome back to the Demon Inside. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be doing the story of Esme Sang. So, Esme Sang was actually a teenager at the time, underage, so there's not a lot that I could find on her. So, a lot of this stuff I'm going to be reading off of... Uh, articles that I found online I know I usually put you know like video clips and things like that but I really couldn't find any of those and Esme is actually out of prison as of today so Esme was arrested for matricide which is a child killing their mother she stabbed her mother over and over and over again. She pled guilty in an adult court to voluntary manslaughter on March 6, 2006. She was sentenced to eight years and four months in prison. On May 3, 2006, she was then released on October 1, 2012. So Esme is out there somewhere. And Esme, if you ever listen to this podcast... I'd like for you to reach out to me or to anybody here and let us know your side of the story because I honestly think that it was the demon inside that caused you to do this. Because I've read some of your online diaries and you do not seem like the type of person that would do this. And again, that's one of the signs of the demon inside. Here's an article called The Killer Daughter Case Ignites U.S. Debate by Richard Allen Green from bbc.co.uk from May 3, 2006. Esme Singh gave her mother a necklace she made on 9 August 2005, the day she wrote her last online diary entry. It made me feel so childish Now, this is Esme talking, and I quote, It made me feel so childish, but I suppose that's really what all parents want. I've been trying to make them smile, make them feel better, take Esme off of their list of worries and concerns. End quote. 
So, ten days later after this, she stabbed her mother to death with a knife in an incident that apparently took the mother and daughter through several rooms of their home. The killing stunned the comfortable middle-class, middle-American community where the Singh family lived. Esme was ranked among the best classical pianists of her age in the state. She got top marks in school. She completed, or she competed in athletic meetings and was on the debate team. She was, in the words of a local father, Jacob Horowitz, a kid any parent would be proud of. Mr. Horowitz first heard of her the night she was arrested, 19 August 2005. He says his son and daughter had attended summer camp with her. He learned after seeing on the evening news that she had been detained in connection with the death of her mother, Shu Yi Zhang, 55 years old. He says, and I quote, They couldn't believe it was the same person they had met. A great kid, easy to get along with, very sweet. My kids don't hang around people who are generally in trouble. End quote. That's what he told the BBC News website. Mr. Horowitz went online to learn more and found the web blog Esme had been keeping for three years. He said, I spent the next three or four hours reading her site. From the moment I finished reading, I felt there was much more than you saw on the news. Esme had for years had been wrestling with her feelings for her parents. Chinese immigrants, who said, held her to impossibly high standards. They had threatened to sell her piano if she did not win a statewide competition. That's what she wrote in her diary online. She also said that they had grounded her for scoring only 96% in an exam. And when she disappointed them, she said they had forced her to stand naked in a corner. Like many teenagers with diaries, she had written on her hatred for them, especially her mother. My God, Jacob Horowitz remembers thinking when he read her webbing weblog, it's a shame that another parent didn't see this yesterday. It's a cry for help. Now I'm going to read you another column from Nadia Flam. It's from Pitch.com, and it's titled, Is Esme Evil? This was January 5th, 2006. From the moment she walked into the service at Temple Benal Jehuda, people could not tell something was wrong with Esme Sang. In Esme's 16 years, She'd been to the temple only once before on a church field trip. Though she could probably see its roof from her Leewood home a few blocks away. It was 6 p.m. on a Friday in late July and Rabbi Neil Schuster had begun the sundown service. Esme came in and sat with the congregation. 
its members arranged in a semicircle of plush chairs around the Sabbath candles. Schuster, a gentle, soft-spoken 36-year-old, had never seen Esme before, but right away he could tell she was troubled. It was clear something was going on with her, Schuster says. She wasn't crying, but she could just tell. If you can read people, you can tell. So I'm going to break away from this for a second and just... A lot of times when uh, these people get possessed, they reach out to congregations, churches, you know, to... You always hear them talk about some type of religion. Uh, In other cases, we've heard that uh, someone had left the Bible. For instance, in the Rudy Eugene case which was the uh, Florida cannibal, he left the Bible in his car before he went off and attacked a homeless man on the causeway. But all these people, uh, Austin Haroff and and all these, they they turn to religion. And sometimes it's too late. These people, once they have the demon inside of them, it's hard to get them out. Because they've allowed them to come in. One way or another, they've allowed them. See, it's a misconception for people to believe that you have to do worship for demons to allow them in. But that's not true. Demons can come in your sleep. They can be project themselves as family members, friends. They could uh, haunt your house and think, make it seem like it's your grandmother, grandfather, child. They have to be allowed in somehow. And sometimes, like I said, I mean, it could be also a child of yours that is allowing them in. Doesn't necessarily have to be an adult. Children, most of the time, are the ones that allow demons in without realizing it. Because they see another child. They don't see the demon that's inside. And this demon comes in and festers and collects. And before you know it, it causes damage. That's when people start arguing and fighting and they don't even know what they're fighting about. So remember, I mean, this is from me to you. Make sure you sage your homes. Spray holy water. You keep a good, clean, happy family. If you feel like you're arguing for no good reason, it's time to, you know, start praying together. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the Demon Inside. So, let me continue with the article. As the congregation settled into their seats, Esme stood, a strikingly pretty Asian teenager. She wore her everyday uniform of jeans and a tank top. She walked to the center of the circle of chairs, leaned over, and blew out the candles. Then she took her seat. Puzzled, the rabbi lit lit them again. Esme stood up, walked to the center, and blew them out again. Eager to restore order to his service, Schuster waited until a moment when the congregation was singing and quietly asked the girl, Do you need to talk to somebody? She said yes, she did need to talk. 
Three members of the congregation escorted Esme outside. She explained that she had come to the temple because she was running away from home. She told them that she had heard voices. Now repeat that. She had heard voices and the voices had told her to blow out the candles. So let me explain that by her getting up to blow out the candles, she's listening to these voices in her head. She's doing what these voices in her head are telling her what to do. So then you got to think, what are these voices? Sure. You know, psychologically, it could be schizophrenia. But to the point where you don't realize that you're schizophrenic, either way, you shouldn't be listening to a voice. You know right from wrong. You know that blowing out the candles is the wrong thing to do. But these voices were talking to her and she obeyed them. So Officer Catherine Kamir, when 911 was called to come out and talk to Esme, she arrived at the temple to take Esme home. Taking kids back to the place they're running away from is pretty standard, Kamler says. She couldn't have known that she was returning Esme to the house where she would be arrested August 19th on charges of first-degree murder in the death of her mother. Shu Yi Zhang died from multiple stab wounds, and the limited details that have been made public suggest that the crime scene spread throughout several of the rooms in the house. What investigators found was grim enough that Johnson County District Attorney Paul Morrison filed a motion to try Esme in an adult court instead of spending a few years in juvenile jails. Esme didn't spend that much time in prison. She spent eight years and she's been out. So earlier I was talking about Esme and her live journal. So the live journal is on livejournal.com under the name Rock On Little One. That's what Esme calls herself on there. Esme also talks about herself in the third person. And she was doing this for three years. Now there's a lot of uh, stuff that she put on there that is actually blocked. So I can't see that. But here's this thing that I saw that was kind of interesting to me. So this is what she wrote. Uh... This was June 18th, 2004, 5.44 p.m. I am an atheist agnostic. And she did that in bold, big letters. Then she wrote, Mother can't understand. For all those people that consider someone with devout Christian beliefs as good, such as my mother, you are wrong and ignorant. No one can rightfully declare any religion or set of beliefs as good or bad or right or wrong. That's what it's all about. Different beliefs just make you feel better about the shitty quality of life on earth and give you 
reassurance or guidance or whatever. This paragraph is a contradiction as it is still based on opinion. That's it. They aren't necessarily right. They're not necessarily wrong. They just are. If there's no proof, I'm not going to believe it. I don't care if you believe it. I just don't. Simple. How do we know that the definitions of right and wrong we have been fed are right at all? Murder could be good. Drugs could be good. Worshipping Satan could be good. Not that I'm saying that the above is what I believe, but not that I'm saying it's not. A shitload of things, drugs, alcohol, computers, space travel, that we encounter in life today are not covered in the Bible, Quran, Torah, insert religious book here. I call it safe to say outdated. Why is it that religion, a set of morals, is something inherited, something that the kids learn from their mother or their father? Wouldn't a Christian that finds faith after being skeptical be a better Christian than one that just adopted it, all with no question from the beginning? Is there ever a real reason for anything, or is everything just how it is with no will from anybody? Is anything not based on opinion? You ever wonder if Adam and Eve were just the puppies God dumped because they wouldn't house train? Maybe humans are just the pet alligators that got flushed down the toilet, which is a poem by Lullab a poem called Lullaby by Chuck Palinick. Then she wrote, I'm never going to be finished with this topic. So to me at this time, she was opening the doors to whatever decided to crawl in. Because when your faith is being questioned, it's easier to allow something in. Because you no longer have that, that security of keeping things out. Because when you don't believe in a demon or you don't believe in God, that's when they like to take over. That's when they like to take you on. Inspired. So this is that's the end of that. And Inspired Horowitz started Friends of Esme, a group devoted to convincing prosecutors to try her case in juvenile court. So what ended up happening was everybody started fighting for Esme because they believed that the parents were cruel and unjust in a lot of the things that they did. I mean, come on, face it. Putting a 15, 16-year-old girl in a corner naked for punishment, that's a little harsh and a little weird. So who else knows what they did to her? And so these people didn't want her to go into a system where all these real criminals are and change this little girl's life for the rest of her days. So basically, yes, I believe that Esme Sang was actually possessed at the time that she killed her mother. So, with that being said, and Esme out now, I mean, justice has been served, right? 
it's kind of hard to say. We've talked about this before. If a demon is inside of you and it leaves, should you be able to get out of prison? People believe that if you're under age, your mind isn't developed yet. And you're not responsible for what you do. And a lot of cases, I mean, it, it might be true. But think back to when you were 15, 16, 17 years old. Were you in control of your life? Did you know what you were doing? Did you know how to go and find the ways that should make you happy? Or maybe you just fell in with the wrong crowds. Maybe you got drunk. Maybe you did drugs. Maybe, you know, you went the other route. You did good for people. Maybe you even went to church every day. The thing is, at that age, when you're so young, can you say that you can't control what you're doing because you don't know the difference between right and wrong? I think Esme is okay now. We haven't seen her on the news anymore. She hasn't gone around and killed people. She's not a serial killer. In one moment of possession, one time frame, one day, however long it took, whether it was an hour or a second, that demon jumped inside of her and took control. And because of that, it changed her whole life and it took away her mother's life. We give power to these demons because we don't recognize that they are dangerous. They are there. And they are inside these killers. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.